Welcome to Oy Vey Isn't the Strategy, Success Solution for Work and Life, with Deborah Grayson Regal, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Jcast Network, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast, How to Chill Out When Things Get Tough. I'm your coach, Deborah Grayson Regal. That was the sound of me taking a very deep breath. I spent most of my day today online at the United States Passport Office in New York City. And despite the fact that I had an appointment made for a particular time because I needed some immediate service, my appointment time was not honored. Now, it was some comfort to know that I wasn't the only one there because as I stood in the first line, and then moved to the second line before I stood in the waiting pen before I was told to come back tomorrow, I heard many other people struggling with the same challenge. They had been promised something that wasn't being delivered. What was the promise? The promise was that they would be seen at a particular time, ideally, conceivably, assumedly, to make up a word, to keep us from having to stand in the line that all of the other people were standing in who hadn't thought to make an appointment or hadn't been able to make an appointment. So as you can imagine, the confluence of events, it's New York City, it's the hot summer, it is a line full of people, It is a very multicultural line full of people, so many people are getting instructions but do not speak English. It is a crowded line in a crowded room, and promises are being broken and expectations are being shattered all along the way. Considering all of those elements, my experience today in the United States Passport Office was a microcosm, a breeding ground, if you will, for anger for frustration for many, many difficult people. So my default is to always try to be kinder than the rest of the people around me. And lest you think that I have very uh, positive and angelic motives for that, let me disabuse you of that notion. The reason that I am actively, profoundly, overtly kind is actually to make the people who have bad behavior look even worse in comparison. So before you ascribe all kinds of noble motives to me, I just want to clarify that me being kind and calm and cool and collected is really there to highlight the bad behavior of the people around me. Uh, As a little passive aggressive, perhaps it is, but what can I say? I'm only human. I think it's certainly better than acting like one of those numbskulls who are standing on the line shouting at people. Number one, shouting at people doesn't help. Number two, they are shouting at people who are in the same boat that they are. And it really ratchets up the tension level in a room that certainly didn't need any help. And what occurred to me was that uh, while there were many people engaging in difficult behavior, sulking, yelling, trying to get the attention of the people who work there, uh, repeatedly at making the same requests and same observations once they had already been given an answer that they clearly didn't like, there were many people behaving like this. And then there were many people who were smiling, who were chatting with their companions, who sort of shrugged their shoulders and said, you know what, there isn't anything that I can do about this. I might as well just behave 
properly. And it did occur to me, I have to say, that this would be have been a wonderful opportunity to record some man on the street or woman on the street interviews with some folks who are trapped in the same holding pen I was. I wanted to interview the people who were in a really good mood to find out what was it that allowed them to uh, elevate above the mayhem and the frustration. And then I realized that I possibly could have incited some kind of riot um, or melee and uh, and then it certainly would have dashed the hopes of it. what I thought would be an interesting podcast. It just didn't seem like the right place to do it. But please know that my intention was very much to share that kind of learning with you. But because I couldn't share that kind of learning with you, I do want to spend a couple of minutes today talking about difficult people. And every single one of us has been surrounded by difficult people in our lives. Maybe we even live with one. We certainly work with some of them. And believe it or not, every single one of us listening to this podcast is a difficult person. You are a difficult person for somebody in your life. How do I know? I know because I, even though I, um, you know, can be calm, cool, and collected in the face of moral indignation and outrage, I know that there are plenty of people who go, ugh, Deb, I'd rather avoid her. Um, so you know what? I avoid those people too. And what I want to talk about a little bit first are the three common ways that each of us has uh, for handling difficult behavior. And you will probably find one one of these three more common for you as a default than some of the others. So most of the ways that we deal with difficult people or, or conflict or anxiety producing situation falls into one of these three categories. The first is fight. And when we have a fight kind of reaction, we find ourselves getting heated, getting emotional, and getting angry. And there's a wonderful article I read called Dealing with Difficult People, where the author, Nando Pelusi, calls this kind of reaction Neanderthink. When we fight, when we engage in a fight instinct, what we tend to do is personally attack the other person, um, listing all the negative aspects of the person, and then also trying to get people on Board by inviting people to participate, serving up dirt, saying, can you believe this guy? I saw a lot of people with a fight instinct standing on the line at the U.S. passport office. And when we are engaged in fight kind of behaviors, we in fact may be exhibiting the very kind of behaviors that the person that we have labeled difficult is exhibiting. We're doing the exact same thing. So when we, for example, see somebody uh, who we label as difficult start to bully, if we tend to be a fight instinct kind of person, we respond in kind by bullying. If somebody's trying to sabotage us, we may respond in an eye for an eye kind of manner. People who respond to difficult people and to conflict by fighting back tend to lose sight of the big picture, what's going on here, what can I control, what can't I control, and ultimately suffer the consequences. So if we've already looked at fight, you have to imagine where we're going next. Where we're going next is flight. People who have this kind of reaction to difficult people or difficult situations generally respond by ignoring what's going on and even running away. Now, that isn't to say that they like the difficult person. They are just more likely to dislike the conflict a little bit more than the person or situation. What happens when we engage in flight behaviors is that over time, we have resentment buildup, and that can cause us to engage in our own 
ineffective ways of managing difficult people in difficult situations. We may malign others behind their back. We may stir up dirt to gather evidence for our point of view. And we may focus only on the negative aspects of somebody's uh, personality or behaviors and not give any attention to what it is that they might be doing well when we're feeling a little less frustrated by them. So we know fight and we know flight. What's the third category? The third category is forfeit. People who have this kind of reaction put up an initial fight, but then eventually they just walk away and let the other person get their their way. Now, clearly there are times when it makes sense to forfeit. I think today, my example at the U.S. Passport Office was a day where... uh, I just had to give myself over to the higher power that is the United States government. Over time, however, if we're dealing with a person rather than a government bureaucracy, what happens is that we create no-win situations in which we're constantly backing down, the other person constantly gets his or her way, and eventually you both settle into this pattern of behavior, you settle into your roles, and the relationship really suffers over time. So one of the things that I'd like you to think about is when it comes to difficult people, do you tend to engage in fight, where you get emotional and angry and put up a fight? Do you tend to engage in flight, where you ignore the behaviors, or uh, not only do you ignore them, but you just sort of run away from dealing with them? Or do you engage in forfeit, where you start to assert yourself and then just say, I give up? What seems to be a default behavior for you? So there are many, many ways of dealing with difficult behavior, and for the purposes of keeping our podcast brief and to the point, I want to go back to the title of today's podcast, which has the word chill out in it. I think that might even be two words, but I digress. Chill out is certainly a phrase that we think of, and it makes us think of being calm and cool and maybe sitting on your back porch with uh, a lemonade and a magazine without a care in the world. That's pretty far from how most of us feel when we're engaged in a difficult situation and with difficult people. So I've used chill out, C-H-I-L-L-O-U-T, as an acronym for a number of different ways that we can approach difficult people so that at the end of it, we can feel calmer cooler and have more effective behaviors on our own end to deal with whatever's going on. So let's start with C. C stands for curtail your counterattack. You want to be careful not to divest somebody of their good qualities. You don't want to defame people to others. And one of the other things that we really need to avoid is ascribing motives to the other person's behavior. So, for example, at the U.S. Passport Office today, it could be very easy when you are so angry to think that the passport officers are doing this on purpose. They are trying to confuse the system, uh, to assert some kind of power. They're trying to make us wait. They want to frustrate us or even to ascribe they don't know what they're doing. Now, I don't believe any of those things. I think there could have been a better system for managing people with appointments and people without appointments. But because I don't want, I don't under know their intention, nor do I want to ascribe it to them. And third of all, I also want to be able to get out of the country when I need to, so I do not want to defame anybody. 
I need to keep in mind that I don't know why they did what they did. All I know is that I need to deal with it the best that, that, that I can. So the first C in chill out is to curtail your counterattack. H, hold back your a- anger. You, you don't want to respond to somebody when you are feeling emotional or angry. And if a particular behavior has you really heated up, you need to wait until you've calmed down a bit before you address it. And I know for myself that part of the reason that I was able to hold back my anger today was, number one, there was absolutely nothing I could do about it. But number two and number three were really important. Number two was... I had a book, and number three was I had a snack. And I I want you not to underestimate the power of getting your immediate biological needs met because if you are feeling hungry, bored, tired, lonely, unloved, any of those things, it's going to be very hard for you to manage your emotions in the best of situations, let alone the worst of situations. So now we move to I. If you're going to interpret, now those are two eyes, the difficult person's behavior, interpret it in a positive way. Now again, it's very, very easy and in fact is our default to attribute negative motives to somebody else's behavior. Change that. If you can possibly get yourself to imagine one positive scenario that would describe this person's behavior, if you must interpret come up with one. And even if it's not even ascribing motives to somebody's behavior, but creating a backstory that would allow you to see this person's behavior or this situation with a little more Rachmanis, a little more compassion and pity, do that. Maybe tell yourself, you know, this person at the desk is working really slowly today. Uh, Maybe she was up all night with a colicky baby. Um, Maybe his back is hurting him and he needs to take frequent stretches. Maybe he's in physical discomfort. So if you can't ascribe positive motives uh, to somebody's behavior, at least make up a story that allows you to approach them with some kind of compassion. L. L number one, listen. If you regularly deal with a difficult person, chances are you tune them out every time they talk to you. Instead, try listening to them without judging or predicting what it is that they're going to say. And even if this is your first encounter with a difficult person or a difficult situation, Listen up. See what it is that you might be able to learn to help you manage your own stories that you're going to create and your own emotions. L number two, to bring us to the end of chill, legitimize others' ideas and input. If there's somebody that you've consistently butted heads with in the path, chances are you are judging their input and ideas before you really hear them out. Give everybody a fresh start by listening with new ears and allow them to feel heard and legitimize what it is that they're contributing to the conversation and even their completely different point of view. They are as entitled to their belief about what the truth of the situation is as much as you are entitled to yours. Now that can feel very difficult when we're frustrated, but If you have ever tried to talk somebody out of their point of view, you know how fruitless that is. So legitimize them. It doesn't mean that you have to believe it or like it. It just means that you recognize that they believe it and maybe even they like it. 
So that takes us to the end of chill, but alas, we are not done. We don't just want to chill, we want to chill out. So, oh, offer solutions. If you're dealing with a difficult person and you can't come to any kind of agreement, don't tell the other person that they're wrong and you're right, even though you know that might be the case. Instead, you want to try to come up with a list of solutions, maybe a list of solutions in which neither one of you gets exactly what you want, but both of you gets at least one thing, if you possibly can do that. And I really advise you brainstorming a list of all the possible solutions that each of you and both of you can think of. Then go ahead and eliminate the ones that are completely infeasible. Infeasible? Unfeasible? The ones that definitely aren't going to happen. You know what I mean by that. And then start with the ones that seem possible even if they seem challenging and then see where you can achieve something that ideally feels like a win-win but if not a win-win something that doesn't feel like a lose-lose you understand that it may not be personal in many situations a personal's difficult behavior has absolutely nothing to do with you but when we are feeling frustrated or offended we personalize everything and recognize that you may be personalizing somebody else's difficult behavior and then t Take a time out. If you find yourself engaging in knee-jerk reactions that are not thought out and that, in fact, down the road could cause more damage to your relationships than you really want to have happen, realize that you're probably losing sight of the big picture. What's the big picture? Well, it could be your long-term relationship. It could be your short-term sanity. In my case, it could have been my ability to get out of the country on an upcoming business trip. It certainly was not going to serve me to lose my temper. It certainly was not going to serve me to get escorted out by security. What served me in this difficult situation with a whole bunch of difficult people was to have the perspective that there was very little that I could do about it. There was very little I was going to do to change the behaviors of the people and the system. And what I needed to do was to chill out so that I was not one of those crazy people on the line in front of me and behind me and model the kind of behavior that I wish other people would engage in. So, how do we wrap this up? Well, I can tell you that despite my very good behavior and a commitment that same-day service would yield, in fact, same-day service, I have to go back tomorrow. What can I do about it? Absolutely nothing. What will I do? I will go back tomorrow to the United States Passport Office. I will go with a smile on my face, a book in my bag, and a snack in my pocket, and chill out. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Oyve Isn't a Strategy. We invite you to write a review on our iTunes page and comment on our show page at jcastnetwork.org slash oyve. The opening and closing music for the Oyve podcast is Responsibility by Naomi Less. Her album, The Real Me, is available on Amazon, iTunes, and CD Baby. Oyve Isn't a Strategy.